Welcome to Action Podcast, where we bring warriors on this podcast who felt like a zero, but they didn't realize that they had a hero inside. And I'm honored to bring on Coach Raj, also known as the Sleep Master, because he's bringing the heat so that way you can cool down and sleep at sunlight at night, have that energy to take it on up. And I'll be your host. My name is Zach. And let's get to it. Raj, glad to have you. Finally to meet you. Appreciate you for having me on, brother. Excited for the podcast. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Who is Raj? For sure, man. So I am an online fitness coach. Traveling, uh, currently been traveling a little bit. Mexico, U.S. Um, I'm Indian, born and raised in Hong Kong. I played college tennis. Started my business last semester of school. And then by the time I graduated, just went full time and it's been going well since then. Awesome. So what's with all the traveling? You traveling for business, for pleasure, a little bit of both? It's a little bit of both, man. Honestly, uh, one of my main goals is to open up a gym mm-hmm. in uh, two years. So before then, I want to, you know, travel around, figure out what's a good location. Because I know once I do, I'm gonna have to be in one place for you know, six, six months minimum. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's awesome that you want to do both like online and in-person coaching. Mm. Honestly, I don't know if I'd be coaching at the gym, just more to, you know, just have a nice, you know, culture, a place to train, could do a few things with it, so. Okay, so going just beyond what you're doing now, just like an addition to, okay. Mm. Gotcha. Nice. So, so then uh, how's your, so do you speak uh, like, Chinese or since you said you were Indian born in like uh, Hong Kong yeah but I'm not gonna lie I'm pretty horrendous with languages okay. like I know just enough to get around the basics like I know my address tennis courts food directions that kind of thing okay. but I never got to the point where I was fluent and good enough to like have a legit long conversation with someone oh well, it's still pretty cool to say you don't really hear about that too much so it's always yeah. kind of cool to meet people where they're kind of from and especially with Twitter and how it kind of brought us together, you know, people from who would have never met in life. So it's kind of yeah. cool that no matter where you are, I mean, you can always bring that, that connection. So what is something that you kind of, so in this podcast, we really want to kind of help men out who kind of maybe feel like they're kind of down on their luck, not really sure what they want to do in life. So like, what is something that can you like relate to that in some way of something like that? Yeah, for sure, man. I failed four businesses before finding coaching and I didn't really know what I wanted to do I just know that I didn't want to work a nine-to-five for you know the rest of my life so I was trying things but didn't really commit and had no idea right and I feel like I only stumbled across coaching my last semester of college because that there was that urgency of you know having interviews got to sort out my work visa parents asking me what are my post-graduation plans so I wanted to get something sorted before then so I feel like definitely just having some sense of urgency is key. And also not expecting yourself to figure it out like on the first try or second try, or even third. I think you just hit it on the, you know, head on the nail with that one. Because I think it's like, especially in these in these days, and I've even felt it to some degree where it's like you have to have everything like all figured out. Like I remember being a kid, it's like, okay, I gotta figure out what I'm gonna go to school, what I'm gonna do for my career, you know like just so much and it's like life is not like that life is so much more fluid and we can have all these different experiences and and the more that you kind of get into personal development and even hearing other people's stories you really get to realize that how many times they fail they even encourage you to fail which is kind of funny and for me that took 
a lot of time for that to change my thought process because obviously going up in school, you're taught there is one answer, unless you're like in literature where poetry could mean 10,000 different things and you have a discussion, a philosophical discussion on that. But mostly it was always like one thing that they're looking for. So it's like you had to have it all figured out. And um, as someone who works in mental health, I say all the time where people kind of get really discouraged about not knowing where they want to be or not where they want to be. So I think that's something that we can really relate on. And obviously with you having failed four businesses and trying that, I'm glad the fifth one worked out. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, honestly, I was I knew I was just gonna keep trying until something figured out. And if the fifth one didn't work out, I was just gonna, you know, get a regular nine five and then try to figure out something on the side. So I think that's a good way for most people to start. Just try something on the side, see if it works, if it clicks. And I think once you get to the point where you're making, you know, X amount of money with, you mm -hmm. know, two, three hours a day, you can compare that to the amount of time you're spending on your nine to five or your regular, you know, your job, your main gig. And you could, you know, do the simple maths and identify, okay, look, if I left this, I could have twice the time, three times the time. And you could like, you know, justify, is it the right time to go on it? That's what, honestly, most people are in that type of position. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like, are you, so like, how's your family responding to you kind of going more of the entrepreneurship kind of route? Yeah, man. So they didn't know about the four businesses. Yeah. And then the fifth one, they, they didn't know until I told them like four months in when I already had like three clients. Okay. And I wanted to show them some results first before saying. So they were telling me, you know, like, how's the interviews going? You know, where's your job application? Like, what's the process? How's it going? Keep us updated. I was like, just give me a week and I'll tell you everything. So I made this mm -hmm. presentation for them, um, showed them like client results, you know, growth, um, you know, goals. Uh, da, 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 like sneak peeks and like features of how my coaching works, future projections, all that kind of stuff. And then wow, based on that, really thought that I just like, presented to them. Yeah, no, I had to come prepared because I knew that they're the kind of people who, which rightly so, but they they need evidence to be like convinced. They're not just gonna be convinced easily because I had to convince them that this was gonna be better than taking a you know a safe job, you know, nine to five right. sales position. And I knew that wasn't just. I had to have proof. So I did that and they thought about it for a couple of days and then they're like, yeah, you know, it looks good, you know, go for it and, you know, give it a shot for a year or two. If it doesn't work out, you can, you know, always do something else. And I was like, perfect. And, you know, obviously like sometimes they're hesitant to the places I decide to travel to. They think it's a little dangerous, but at the end of the day, they have accepted that this is what I want to do for the next few years. Mm -hmm. I always come back home at least a month a year to see oh, them nice. on like their birthday or something. No, it's really special. And I think that's something that kind of gets actually lost. And that's kind of a good kind of segue into things is that we have these dreams, we have these ambitions, but we don't really take time to kind of write them out. And what does that look like? So, and sometimes we can get really defensive if, if someone asks us a question and we may not have yeah. the answer to it. So it's like, we can get kind of quick with the response. Like, well, just trust me, it's going to work out. I don't know how, but it's going to work out in the you know, especially when your parents love you and care about you, they, they want to make sure you're safe and sound. Mm -hmm. Whether that's even like having a safe job in the beginning and then you can kind of branch out to do what you want to do. Yeah. So I think that's awesome that you took that initiative knowing your, basically how you work with your clients, you know your audience. So you know your family. We're like, okay, I got to make sure I have projections, mm -hmm. numbers are right, and client results. 
And it's good for you to give yourself that week to really just prepare for it. To so that way, hopefully, some guy could lose an extra three, four pounds. Like, you see, yep, this guy lost an extra three, four pounds since working with me. And they're gonna be like, oh my gosh, it's awesome. Like, look at you go. For sure, man. For sure. And I think also like part of it's understanding, like that they were, you know, born, raised in different times. Mm-hmm. Where what I'm doing now is not like as mainstream as it is. Where right. You know, now it's not that rare to see people living the digital nomad lifestyle, you know, mm-hmm. building online businesses. But, you know, 20, 30 years ago, it barely existed, if that. Right. So it's like for them, they only know the safe route. That's familiar. So I was going to propose a completely different route. I knew I had to come prepared, make it, you know, very logical, clear, and give them some sense of like certainty. Because I didn't obviously want them to be you know, nervous or uncomfortable. Yeah, no, that's that's really smart, man. And how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? I'm um, 23, bro. 23. That's really smart for a 23-year-old. Like, Thanks, seriously, bro. like, like you're, like, leagues ahead of a lot. Because I remember when I was going through, because at 23, I was in grad school at that point. Okay. And I knew a lot of people who didn't. They had an idea what they wanted to do, but they didn't really know what they wanted to do. And they are obviously, at that point, were going for an advanced degree. So for you to have that really well thought out that on the forefront of your mind of how far you want to potentially take something, you know, whether it's the nomad lifestyle, we can kind of do what you want and go different places and coach that we can kind of see, get more enriched and have different trains of thought, especially with different cultures and different groups take on exercises in different ways. Mm, 100%. So have you had that kind of experience where like going from Mexico or some other places you've been to, we kind of talk with people who do different exercises at all? I would say not not like different exercises per se. Mm-hmm. I would just say you notice different societal or cultural norms okay. in terms of exercise and food. But like, I mean, most gyms have the same equipment, right? Right. So. Well, I wasn't sure if, if there's like, uh, if you want to take, I guess, martial arts a little bit, how there's always like, even though it's relatively the same end goal, there's a different like fluid to getting it. I guess the difference between, I guess, doing like a bicep curl and like kind of twisting a little bit to get the different type of muscle. I wasn't sure if it's going to be more like that kind of aspect. So what kind of cultural differences have you noticed between, let's say, the U.S. and Mexico or another place that you've been to? I don't know. I just feel like some places people walk more and that's more normal. Some places, Mm -hmm. you know, they order in more. Some places have more, you know, organic, cheaper foods, you know, these kind of things. It's different places for us. Okay, no, that makes sense. It's definitely a lot of cultures that definitely take the benefit of walking a lot. And I know, um, I know, because I went to when I went to school, I actually went to a pretty diverse school where we had actually a lot of Indians and Asians and the whole mixture, really. And I know a lot of them would sometimes eat late at night. I'd be surprised by sometimes how late they eat, but I know that they walk a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's because it would always look really nice. I mean, very colorful, you know. Um, clothing and but it looks really nice and then you know that kind of see them walk i mean where i'm around there's actually you know quite a few which is kind of cool to see you know being in kind of a more of a diverse kind of area and just trying to get to know the different cultures especially as it relates to a lot of health and nutrition mm. for sure for sure so let's see here um so what's been your favorite place to travel to it's a tricky one, man. I feel like it's either got to be Mexico. I think it's got to be Mexico, man. Cancun specifically. 
Okay. I know it bends a cocoon, but I know it's beautiful and like a gorgeous resort. I've, I've seen pictures of that. Yeah, it's cool, man. It's uh, really good beaches, good food. Everything is just good vibes. People are nice there. So can't complain. Gyms are pretty sick, too. Oh, are there any differences in the gym? Just in terms of maybe like, no, same type of equipment? Yeah, same thing. So I guess like I guess what's cool about it is it just like a different style to it. Like what makes it like that's like this like the gyms are just like extra cool. I'd say it's the vibe. Okay, so the people in the sense that specifically in Mexico, I feel like people for some reason they were just training extra hard, and there's just like a view which was nice. Well, that's gotta be cool, bud. Yeah. Really, to see that and experience that. For sure, man. So what kind of got you into health and exercise? Mm, so I'd say first it was getting into tennis, then around 16 to 17, started hitting the weight room. Mm-hmm. I'd say there's multiple reasons, man. I would say number one was just for like tennis purposes. Number two was, um, well, number two was, I would say it was mostly due to just like not feeling confident. I was like, ah. I just felt like eh, didn't feel like happy. I was knew something was wrong. I, didn't, I wasn't like really upset. But I, was, mm-hmm. I know I could do something more. And also, I was we were doing a drill, and you know for tennis, and one of my coaches were like, "Yo, you need more power. You're gonna start hitting the weight room." This was around sixteen. So I feel like since then, that was a big moment for me. That's awesome. And then did you notice the difference when you took? Did you take your coach's advice? Mm, yeah, for sure. But the first year or two, I was making a lot of like rookie mistakes. So the progress was pretty slow. It was very gradual. It wasn't like fast or anything. Well, I guess you took the compound effect to heart then, you know, mm, small sure. incremental changes. And then, I mean, I know a lot of runners who spend like 10 years just to shave a couple seconds <laughs> off. So I guess to took you maybe a few more years to be able to hit the ball just a little bit better. Mm. No, and so did you, when you played tennis, did they help you, like, to develop the kind of muscle you needed to really hit the ball a little bit harder? No, honestly, it was mostly just, like, footwork, balance, agility, and, like, endurance type of thing. Okay. They would, like, rotate. So we do a lot of jump rope, a lot of, like, runs, uphill runs, you know, circuits, but uh, not much, like, hypertrophy type stuff. Okay, got it. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I've never really seen the tennis players uh, hit the gym. I mean, I never really paid attention necessarily who was in the tennis. I knew like a few of the guys that were on the tennis when I was in mm. high school, but I was mostly on the swim team when I was in high school. So, nice. swimming is a good sport, man. I feel like that's one of my favorite forms of cardio because it's uh, it's very low impact. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're not going to get injured. And you can kind of control how far or how intense you want to go. You can just go for a nice chill swim or you could go like crazy hard you're gonna go crazy hard it's gonna be the butterfly yeah for me it's breaststroke on there oh really interesting mm-hmm. every time i guess yeah we're gonna that more of that kicking power yeah i don't know but honestly for me i just think it's the easiest one. <laughs> oh, oh, the easiest one i took the opposite out yeah no it's definitely the easiest one you can kind of like take your time almost be like a little bit like a frog kind of just going up yeah <laughs> 
So how are you using uh, fitness to really help your family, your friends, and your community? Have you noticed, like, any of your friends kind of help, like, when you get, specifically today, like, when one person kind of gets more in shape, kind of either some friends might, like, fall suit, or they might, like, what are you doing? So, like, how did your friends or your community respond to you actually taking more charge of, like, really watching what kind of foods you eat? Yeah, so I would say I don't take a very proactive approach to that. Like, I'm not just going to go up to people and be like, you should do this, you should do that. I don't like doing that. Right. Um, But if someone, like, asks me my opinion on something or comes to me for advice, I'll, you know, try to help them out. Um, But, yeah, I would say, like, a few of my friends earlier, a couple years ago, they, like, were extremely interested in, you know, improving certain aspects. So... When, they, when I see, like, someone's really interested and just wants to know and wants to, like, learn really fast, then I'm, like, super happy to talk about it and, it, like, interests me. But I feel like there's only so much you can do. So it's just, like, do your thing, lead by example, and then if someone's interested, you know, they'll ask. If not, they won't. Awesome. So how long did it take you to kind of develop your coaching program? Like, mm, So honestly, man, I'm just always making iterations. So, mm-hmm. um. I got my first client a year and a half ago and started out with, you know, Google Sheets, Google Docs, weekly calls, WhatsApp. And now, you know, in- implemented a few new changes, you know, use Trainerize, that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, still always making iterations based on, you know, client feedback, trying to you know, make it as easy as possible to get results. Mm-hmm. Not always implementing new things or, you know, taking away things, changing things. And I think that's the way it should be, right? Because you should never get a service to where you're like, oh, it cannot be improved anymore. It's right. perfect. So, yeah, I can't give you a, a number on, like, how many iterations. No, that's fine. No, I know it's it's, it's just all about my life, making those small little changes to make it better and being receptive to kind of feedback to mm-hmm. how to make things better. And I think that's what makes a great coach is that you're also coachable, too. Mm, for sure no i definitely think like if you see like look at most coaches out there they do have coaches or multiple so i think that's everyone has can benefit from you know learning from someone a couple of steps ahead of them whether it's in you know business fitness something else like never hurts yeah and uh i think i heard this i don't know where i heard it from but i think or even oprah had like three coaches of her own and you think of yeah. how successful she is and you know, she probably still needs to, like, to always find that one area to improve upon, even though she's been doing her show for, what, 20 plus years at this point and everything yeah. else. So, no, it's awesome that you're receptive to that feedback. And, you know, it takes a strong yeah. person to be like, you know what, maybe I need to go back to the drawing board and really look at something and make sure everything looks good and clean and consistent. Yeah, for sure. I think it's just about, you know, setting, you know, a few KPIs you know, whether that's for business, for fitness, whatever, whatever goal you have. And then, you know, if you're hitting them, keep doing what you're doing. If you're not, make some adjustments, reduce, do what you're doing, but just do it better or do more of it. I think that's it. Like if you're not hitting your goals, there's a reason behind them. And you can just, you know, work back, figure it out. Now, is there a certain clientele that you like to work with? Are there certain clients I like to work with? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So I work with 100% of entrepreneurs right now. Okay. And I find that they're the easiest to work with because they already have a lot of the right skill sets in place, like discipline, you know, they're all, they're usually very metric based. So they like quantifying their progress. They like mm-hmm. seeing, you know, trends and getting that clarity. 
and they're you know just people who are easy to communicate with just cool guys so yeah definitely enjoy working with them and i feel like it's very important for you know entrepreneurs to you know have their health in order not being anything crazy but you know at least good enough where you, you feel pretty high energy most of the time and uh, yeah especially with like an unpredictable schedule it could be hard to you know plan stuff which is why you know having systems in place that make that automate parts of your health is just so crucial especially for entrepreneurs that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, most people think, you know, they want to escape the nine to five until they find out the entrepreneurial lifestyle is a lot more than yeah. the, I mean, a lot of times it's a lot more than nine to five, but it's a seek to adventure. And I like how you're really niche focused, you know, really trying to find the target audience that you're going to kind of vibe with, connect with, and, and even going back to your family, they feel very analytical and very like data and numbers and that's an entrepreneur for you. I mean, that's the, the people who like to see results and they know it's going to take time too. They know it's like business. It takes approximately like five years to really get good at it, being in business and for your business to be successful. No, I would say it could take three years. Well, yeah, it's about three to five years. Mm, for sure. That's what they say on average, anywhere from like three to five years. And, but I mean, to really kind of know what, you want to do and you're focus driven and to for people to really be trust you i mean it takes time to develop that kind of level of trust too mm. so that's awesome I, I love it man you know you have a incredible story and just everything you've been through is just incredible of how you got from you know the kid in tennis to the man that you are now you know trying to help others get in shape especially where it's easy to stop by a fast food joint, mm. get a quick burger, or, and Mike, in some cases, thinking you're getting a juice that you think is healthy, but until you look at all the sugar content. Because I remember being in college and we had smoothies. I'm like, okay, maybe until a burger fries, I'll get a smoothie. And I'm like, oh, when you look at the label, it's like, that's a lot of soda. That's a lot of sugar. That's a lot of just like a lot of stuff extra in there that you didn't think about. For sure, man. It's crazy how those things sneak up on you. And it's like, it's not easy to find. Like, there's no one place you can go to where, you know, separates, you know, facts from fluff. So it's pretty, you know, it makes sense why people are confused because mm -hmm. there's so many different, like, resources that are contradictory. And right. it's harder to, you know, identify what's legit, what isn't. Is there an ulterior motive to this? Or, you know, is this source credible? Like, you, you don't know. Right. So it's definitely important. Well, I remember being in my research class and the number one question would be, who's funding it? Yeah, that's a good one. So, because once you find out who funds it, because I remember there was a study, this is hilarious. I cannot believe to this day that this was a study. What bathroom stall is someone more likely to choose? Damn. So you're thinking about like, are they more likely to pick the middle stall or the outer stall? Or what if someone's in the first stall? No, we all naturally know what we're going to go and do. But the fact that, that someone took time to, to fund something that's just kind of, in my mind, is, at, that, at that time, is a little, was a little silly. It's like, isn't there a little bit more important things that we could study? No? Yes? Okay. Crazy, man. Crazy. Yeah. It, make, it makes no sense. Why would they? dedicate time you know resources attention to you know find that out it's crazy
Well, now I understand it because it's it's about behavior. It's about understanding what people, how people make choices. So actually if you look at it from a deeper standpoint, it's how people make choices and yeah. all those choices consistent. So, and at that time, I didn't understand, but the more I learned about humans and how people interact, it's actually a deeper level of meaning. Still find it a little bit silly, not going to lie, but... So kind of speaking of research, do you do like a lot of different research? Are you like subscribed to any like uh, research articles or anything like that? For sure, man. So I think the best way to go about it is, you know, looking at each piece of research with like a grain of salt, Mm -hmm. you know, always, you know, questioning things, not looking at one thing and be like, oh, this looks fancy or credible. So it's true. Right. Right. And then also like gathering multiple forms. So, you know, some video content, some articles, podcasts, different people, that kind of thing. And then just, you know, making your own assessments but always entertaining the possibility that you could be wrong right so that's the way i go about it top someone like i think if there's one guy who like is a go-to guy in the health like optimization space Mm -hmm. or i would say is andrew huberman his like podcast long form stuff really solid and he goes into really really like super in depth and he does all the work of you know going through meta-analysis you know digging through all these studies, making sure everything's cohesive so you can just, you know, save the time. Watch some Huberman. Yeah, you got me definitely, I don't don't think I've heard that name. You got to definitely uh, send me that information so I can look that up because I'm all about data, information, and research. For sure. Make sure what we're doing is working and it's beneficial. Mm -hmm. And of course, all your social media platforms, your Twitter, the LinkedIn, and everything under the sun is going to be, of course, in the description below. And if you want to, you know, give Raj a call call to see if you want to use his services. I know he's a a great guy. And I know his, just from hearing him today, I've seen his work. I've seen his tweets, especially his his sleep study tweets. I got to say, I do love those. It's all about getting quality sleep. That's where it starts off with the moods, with our feelings, with how we, our our whole being revolves from getting a good night's sleep and feeling the ability to even be, have restless sleep because there's a whole difference between you know, quality and quantity of sleep. Because mm. I know, I appreciate it. Yeah, because I know sometimes if I know the lowest amount of sleep I can function on is about four hours, but I think I really yeah. feel good around I think like six and a half. I think something somewhere around between I want to say like six to about seven is like where I feel like really good sleep. Mm. Nice man. I can't function off six, bro. I need a minimum of seven. <laughs> But it's kind of hard because I've become like, I've always been more of a night owl naturally, but there's mm. just something about waking up before the sun that's just so beautiful. Seeing that sunrise and just that, that's just all the different colors and everything that just all blends together so, so beautifully. There's just something that's so nice about waking up early. And then also mm. feeling your day is much more productive. Like if the days like I, when I was a kid and like would wake up maybe 10, 11, because I'd be up to like two or three. I feel like my day would be just be wasted. Not gonna lie. For real, man. Definitely learning to be more of a morning person. <laughs> so you're also a little bit of a night owl then? Yeah, slightly. Slightly. Okay, I'll take that. I'll take that. Well, I'm just kind of wrapping up things. Do you want to leave the viewers, myself, and just what are some last remarks that you want to leave? Uh, last remarks. Keep listening to Zach's podcast. And, uh, you know, that's it. You know, just eat your protein, do your thing, keep trying things till you figure something out that works and go all in.
All right. Well, I appreciate that. And hey, I've definitely noticed too, with the more protein I've taken, a little bit more energy I feel. So definitely. Mm -hmm. So what is the, just real quick, what is the recommended, recommended amount of protein you should be in, taking? Just for someone who's like, rather than that, I said like a bodybuilder or something, just like maybe like an average Joe type of person. I'd say aim for 0.8 grams per okay. pound of body weight minimum. And, you know, if you can do more than that, that's good. But if not, that's a very solid thing. All right. That's good to know. Well, again, if you want to look into Raj, potentially hire him, it's going to be all down there below. Definitely follow him on Twitter. He produces nothing but the finest of fine in the heat of the heat. And you're just going to enjoy him. He's an awesome guy. He loves his girlfriend a lot. I mean, they're all... They look great together. So if you want some wholesome goodness, check them out. Hope you guys are blessed. Day. Remember, keep strong, keep enduring, keep persevering. Don't give up. Learn from everything. Seek things as an opportunity to learn to be better. So that way you could reach that warrior that's inside that just wants to come out because there's a hero inside you and you can do it. So be blessed and have a great day.